expression of your thoughts, gentlemen, when you say you move your lips in a particular way? You're not seeing how haphazard this audit is. The devil is in the detail. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a cover-up. There will be plenty of time for questions. And we will turn to Mr. Tom Korski to get those answers. Managing editor of Black Locks Reporter, good morning, sir. Morning, Alex. All righty, so lots to talk about. I'll get your thoughts on um, what we will be seeing as far as the investigation. I guess we're going to learn who the, uh, what are they called? Not provocateur. Um, rapporteur. <laughs> <laughs> what are we calling this? A rapporteur. There you go, the rapporteur. One of the worst words ever, but the rapporteur uh, will be chosen to make it all um, independent. How do you feel about this? I think it was sad. Uh, you don't have the votes if you're in cabinet to avoid this. And if you can't count votes, maybe this is not the line of work for you. The prime minister made it clear uh, last night. I'm, I'm sorry to be candid. He, they are desperate to avoid a, an inquiry into mm-hmm. foreign interference in elections in the last two campaigns. Why? Why? <laughs> so That's a good question. They don't have the votes. He hadn't even finished talking yet, and the opposition parties, this is conservative bloc and you Democrats, came out and said, forget it, bud. You don't have the votes, you're getting an inquiry. If you want some sort of Richard Nixon showdown with Parliament over an independent investigation into alleged criminality, then you're going to get it. I didn't understand the Prime Minister's, they have been, the Prime Minister's office has been behind on this. Anyway, the politics is their problem. Canadians have made it clear to their members of Parliament, doggone it, we want a serious independent investigation, stop the monkey business, and the feds can't stop it. Why they would try to jump in front of this runaway bus is beyond me. Yeah, it's interesting. I think had they done this two weeks ago, they probably would have put this thing to bed or bought themselves more time with a lot less questions, but that they waited so long and twisted and flopped and flipped, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to get to the bottom of this, is a problem. And so next week, and we were just actually talking about this, next week a vote will be held. Um, and, and so do you see this going to an actual inquiry, or can the prime minister stop stop an inquiry? Absolutely not. If he does, the parliament's over. It's election time. The parliament dissolves. They can't stop it. You know, this system is... Parliament doesn't answer to cabinet. It's the other way around, Alex. I have to be honest. You know, in the words of the wise old federal judge never ascribed to maliciousness that which is merely incompetent. Mm -hmm. But when you see the cabinet going to the ends of the earth to avoid this inquiry, you start to wonder, do the conspiracy theorists have something here? Why would anyone want to avoid a judicial inquiry into whether foreign agents were rigging local votes? What? Well, it's, mm-hmm. it is, it is, isn't it? Yeah. And it's almost a rhetorical question. So anyway, this is a strange hill for the prime minister to die on, but let's be candid, die he will. Parliament is, has made it absolutely clear, and they did last night. We have 176 votes that say to hell with you, we're getting an inquiry. And there we stand. There you go. All right. And so one of the other sides of this story is the the fall of the dollar. And I do think the timing of this is interesting. But uh, federal regulators on Monday find this Toronto-based bank 
$676,000 for breaching regulations under the Proceeds of Crime and Terrorist Financing Act. This is Wealth One Bank. They're accused of submitting suspicious transaction reports. And basically, I guess the accusation is, is their allegations of money laundering. They deny everything. But they got a, a letter just about two weeks ago from Krista Freeland's office, you know, warning them. And wasn't this... Um, the, the particular bank that Charles Souza was sitting on the board up until very recently when he ran in that election, the by-election in, um, in uh, Peel region? Well, if he was, that's awkward. <laughs> yeah. This was a steep fine. By Canadian standards, this is a steep fine, and this is levied by the Financial Transactions Reports Analysis Center, which is the one agency that enforces the anti-money laundering law going back to it's a 9-11 law. This, this this fine is so steep. It's the steepest fine since there was a seven hundred one thousand dollar penalty against. Can you guess the Toronto branch of the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China two years ago? So there seems to be some paperwork problems at Canadian subsidiaries of Chinese banks. That's interesting, isn't it? I guess we're not going to get an inquiry on that. Perhaps that would be something else for a rapporteur or a provo- provocateur or whatever that... Or a corruptor. <laughs> we have a corruptor is the one we can appoint. Because the other side of this investigation, you have to actually follow the dollar. Like, the Trudeau Foundation may not have taken any nefarious uh, or questionable donations, but how can we know if it's never been audited? We have no idea who put money where. No, you said it, Alex. The, the, the problem is timing. And it's not. This is not a, a, about who's hot and who's not. It's demonstrable. Cabinet and their stooges did not take these complaints seriously for years. We know that serious people mm-hmm. levied credible allegations that went to the right policing authorities, and they did nothing. So now they're going to get their worst scenario, which is a full public inquiry. And all the MPs in the opposition have said, you know, come one, come all, do this in the town square, and broad daylight. Let everyone see what's going on. Yeah, the Australian Prime Minister said, you, like, a week ago, you have to shine as much sunlight on this, and you have to shove it in China's face. Otherwise, you know, you make it worse, and we are doing the very opposite. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, that Cabinet uh, is calling on, they love their consultants, they're calling on uh, the consultants to create this long-promised financial crimes agency. I don't know what they're waiting for. The Department of Public Safety uh, says they're going to work into uh, 2024 doing this. They campaigned on this in 2021 to combat white-collar crime. You know, this was needed decades ago, and and I don't know what's taking them so long, uh, but again, this is why we don't follow the dollar. No, precisely so. And and, and this, you can see the parallel. Same thing, mm-hmm. years and years and years calls for reform. This is C-spot run. This is what G7 industrialized countries do. You would have a competent white-collar crimes unit that would investigate white-collar crimes. The last time I looked, Canada mm-hmm. and Bosnia-Herzegovina were the <laughs> two countries that didn't have federal regulation of securities. Did, you think about mm-hmm. that. Beneficial mm-hmm. ownership, what does that mean? That's a federal law that mandates that corporations must name beneficial owners, even if they're hidden behind shell companies. Who wouldn't want to know that? Well, they put that in a budget bill two years ago. Do you know what they exempted? All provincially regulated registered corporations, which is 90% of corporations in Canada. Canada, For some reason, Canada and this cabinet are just completely Mm -hmm. uninterested in these subjects. I don't think any of the politicians... We have so much money laundering in this country. We have so much... 
so much behavior like this, and we are absolutely not doing anything about it. It's just crazy how, how we turn a blind eye to, to what's right out in the open. It's just crazy. Uh, meanwhile, you know, you've got these, uh, I guess you've gotten some kind of data back on this, um, but we've got uh, federal prisoners allowed to serve time at Indigenous healing lodges, and of course they've got a higher recidivism rate than those held in regular cells. And these lodges, you know, they do things like arts and crafts, skating, and book clubs. The problem is, and it's not even Indigenous people that always get into these facilities. Like we had a woman here in Ontario who killed a little girl. Um, you know, she ended up in one of these things, and oh, she's that white. Was, that was, you know, like... Such a yeah, was, case, walking home from yeah. school. Oh, that upset. Mm-hmm. So upset so many yeah. people. These lodges are expensive. It's supposed yeah. to draw Indigenous uh, inmates to, back to their uh, culture. We spent a lot of money on this. In between elder services in the federal prison system and these lodges, you were coming in at over $32 million a year. The whole point is recidivism. That means don't reoffend. Get once you're freed. Stay out of prison. Lead a good life. And it doesn't appear to be working. Correctional Service says, well, some of the hard cases go to healing lodges in the first place, so it might you can't really blame the healing lodges. Anyway, Canadians and taxpayers only care about two words. It's not healing lodge. It's public safety. Get on it. They also like the word justice. They want justice. They just want people to pay for their, their crimes which does not really happen. Nonetheless, it's going to be a fascinating time. Stay tuned, Tom. You might have something to write about. I think so. <laughs> Thank Just you, Alex. Find something. All right, Tom. That is Tom Korski, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. And uh, yeah, stay tuned.